Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Before I say anything else, hello, John. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like a normal person in a new, weird place the Devils haven't been in in a long time. Yeah, I asked uh, John the question first because you might have noticed we did not have an episode last week. Um, You know, the thing is very much still a thing, so... Uh, that happened, and obviously when your vocals are fried, no use recording a podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, we're back, and honestly, where we left off on this podcast, the Devils were 0-2, and from the first period against Anaheim onward, uh, we've seen what can only be described as a renaissance. Uh, before I started this call, John, I asked you if this is the best we've ever felt going into a recording of this podcast. We agreed. Yeah, probably. Given how the Devils have gone since we've started recording this show, what do you think? There's two factors. The first is the fact that as of the recording, since we only did the first two games of the season, the Devils have won six of their last seven games. And I don't think the Devils have, they've they've had a handful of three game winning streaks, you know, every once in a blue moon over the last two seasons, but they've never had a run like this where they've won six out of seven games. Mm Mm-hmm. And more importantly, and this is the part that this is where more of the general hockey media has picked up on is it's not that the Devils have won six out of the last last seven. It's that they've been absolutely throttling teams with one exception. The Devils have basically decimated defenses. They have pinned back offenses. They have made opposition goaltenders be great. And on most of those nights, Dan, they were still beaten. 
for several goals against. And the, uh, the vibes around the team are completely different in this version of six and three. And I'm well aware the team started six, three and two last year, but this was not the same. No. Uh, it was not the same. And what's more is that there's more to come from this team. That's the scary part. The scary part is this team still is dead last in the league in PDO. Would you believe that John? Still uh, yes. <laughs> dead last due to their, uh, you know, bad luck factor. That's what PDO essentially boils down to uh, between right. bad goaltending and bad bounces. Devils are dead last and they've been absolutely dominating. I mean, that first period against Anaheim was a bit of a disaster for similar reasons. Mm-hmm. They came out after that and the ice has been tilted downwards since that moment in wins, in the one loss since we've last recorded, in all of those things. Really, in the first two games, I guess... We're seeing that process that we saw that was frustrating when the goaltenders weren't playing up to their potential or at least an average standard. Now we're seeing what it looks like when they can do that, and it looks great. It looks so good. It's fun to watch. The Devils are averaging over 38 shots a game at this point. Yep, uh, their shot per... So let me just... Because I recently did the month in review, which is now Mm -hmm. up at All About the Jersey. Five on five stats, Dan. The Devils are second in Corsi percentage and number one in the league in terms of Corsi per 60 minutes, which means how many shot attempts are they taking, which is above 70, which is remarkable. Shots per 60 minutes are just above 40. And I don't know if that's as crazy as the fact that they're below 20 against per 60. This is not high event hockey where, you know, okay, the Devils are giving up a lot of shots, but they're taking a lot of shots. Oh, no, 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 no. The Devils are literally pinning teams back. That has been their best defensive strategy. And whatever few times the off the opposition has gotten past the red line, guys like John Marino, Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Siegenthaler have absolutely shut them down uh, to levels that you just don't see. Scoring chances, Dan, the Devils create over 17 per 60-minute high danger. That's slot increase. That's getting to the net. That's the stuff that Ken Danico always goes on about whenever, you know, the offense isn't too is like, you got to get to the net uh, there, Dano. <laughs> um, you know, the Devils are doing it at a higher rate than everybody else in the league by wide margins. And at the same time, they're protecting that area as they've only given up less than six per 60 minutes. Number two in the league is something like just below eight. Like, it is. This is ridiculous. It and is it's against stunning. seven different teams. Well, I should say uh, it should be against uh, eight different teams because they played Detroit twice. But the mm-hmm. point is, is that the Devils, let me just quickly run through the results so people know what we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. So after that disastrous first period where they gave up two goals on four shots before the score corrected the six shots against <laughs> the Devils, you know, came back and blew away Anthony Stellar's four to two on the 18th. On the 20th, they went to UBS Arena, a place where it has that has not been help, helpful for the Devils up against Ilya Sorokin, one of the best goaltenders in the league. They cracked him, Dan. They absolutely mm-hmm. cracked him. A Jack Hughes breakaway started what eventually became a 4-1 win where the Devils took over 40 shots in the game and gave up less than 20 to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. The next game, Mackenzie Blackwood manages to hold on to a 2-1 lead where Capo Kakadin of San Jose was up to the test. And of course, the Devils had a goal disallowed, but the Devils held on to win that one 2-1. to one. Then the loss came against the Capitals where a bunch of giveaways and an awful second period saw Blackwood getting yanked for Vitek Vanacek 
it ended with Andrzej Palat, what would end up being his last game for a while. We'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what was an, an embarrassing 6-3 loss that made you think, okay, now the Devils are playing some real teams. Maybe the, the magic's over. Until the next game where they went to Detroit against the same goaltender who spoiled the home opener, Alex uh, Nadelkovic, absolutely crushed him 6-2 mm-hmm. to two with, you know, with a power play goal during a mammogram PSA by Bill Spaulding, a shorty from <laughs> Sharon Govich that was not taken away. It was great stuff all around, 6-2. Then Colorado comes to town. And Colorado, Dan, yes, they were not with – they were without you know Valerian and Nachushkin. Yes, their shooting percentage is like dead last in five on five. It's below five percent. If you want to talk about a snake bit hockey team, but it's still Colorado. It's still the defending champions. It's still Nathan McKinnon and Mika Ratnan and a whole bunch of dudes you do not want to give six power plays to. But the Devils did that, and Vanacek stopped everything in what was ultimately a defensive struggle with both teams not even registering twenty five shots on that. Devils mm-hmm. win that one one nothing, and that's when you start thinking. Okay, this is a different team. Because it's the only game in which they were outshot too. Barely two. That's barely, the barely with six barely. penalty kills. Yes, with six penalty kills to what was then a fifty percent point power play team. Yeah, ten for twenty coming into the game, and oh man, like everything about that was amazing. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, you know, I was just waiting. Okay, it's gonna happen. The equalizer's coming. Colorado's too good. Vanacek's too loose at handling pucks. You know, as good as you are, things happen, you know? Mm -hmm. But it never happened, Dan. The Devils shut it down. They did it, despite Thomas Tatar taking a penalty literally in the final minute of the game. It was so awesome, and they ran into another boogeyman in Columbus. Oh, that game. Dan, do you know know Columbus's record against the Devils since 2015? Uh, I do not. But I 19, five and one. Oh my God. It's so much better than I thought. We are not kidding. When we say this team has been a problem for the devils. And what was the result Dan? What was the result was a thorough drubbing of the team that uh, Johnny Gaudreau snubbed the devils for. Uh, He, you know, got to see up close and personal and really just a flurry of pucks from minute one. I think there were 53 devil shots to 53 shots, 91 shooting attempts. How many goals then? How many goals? Seven. It was a touchdown. Seven, seven with Miles Wood feasing through David Yerichek to go. And it could have been more down. It could have been more for it sure. It could have been more. It almost was eight one. Zetterlin yeah. was robbed. Like Elvis Merzlikens, you know, has been, you know. Okay, Columbus has the worst goaltending in the league, worse than New Jersey's, believe it or not, in five on five. And the Devils are a reason for that now. Mm-hmm. But the Devils absolutely destroyed the Blue Jackets in a game that I absolutely loved. And, you know, it's between that and the Colorado game, you start going, okay, this isn't just a hot streak. This isn't just a team that's, you know, feeling it right now and everything's going right for them. This is a team that has worked hard for its goals Mm -hmm. it's worked hard to put up excellent and i mean excellent underlying numbers in all three phases of the game it's a team that hasn't seen overtime it's a team that hasn't had to drag games kicking and screaming just to get points on the board it's a team that yeah they you know the goaltending is still very suspect the defensive coverages when they start breaking down it seems to still be a catastrophe when they break down but for the most part dan the devils are playing fantastic hockey and whether it comes from us or cam sharon and uh, dimitri filipovich of the pdo cast at S- dom lucision's on board dom lucision's on board um sean mcindoe of the athletic is on board like 
other people in the world of hockey are going, this Devils team is legitimately good. And that's a weird thing to say because, you know, the results, the actual goals are now starting to catch up with the expected goals. The results are there. Like things are functional. And this isn't even their final form. They're getting PDO'd to the tune of the worst in the league still mm-hmm. by the goaltending. I, I mean, with competent goaltending, this team's not six and three, they're eight and one. I think again, the Washington game, just based on the mistakes they were making, I, I think they did hang the goaltender out to dry. Oh yeah. Blackwood was any uh, other game in particular, but rolled on that one. I do think they would have been eight and one. I mean, they would have won the first two games based on how they played. It's something that we're so not used to seeing almost everything is clicking and that's the key it's almost everything the goaltending could still even be better the 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 fact that jack hughes is performing better analytically but not producing as much should be terrifying for the league andre palat has been hurt for weeks it it is so much that has yet to even manifest but it is oh there's even more than that dan like poor thomas tatar and eric holla like they've been busting their buns out there they could have had 10 points between the two of them. And, you oh know, my God, Zetterlin, well, how, how much is he shooting? Guitar? Well, he finally got his first goal. Exactly. The, um, but how Detroit much game. It's but just he's been shooting and shooting monstrous and shooting. ever since we returned in the lineup. Hughes, we're saying Hughes isn't producing well. We're talking about a guy with eight points in nine games. Oh, no, That's... I'm saying he's producing well, but at the rate that his analytics say he should be producing, he could even be better. That, oh, That's absolutely. the scary part. That's the part yeah. that everyone around the league should be looking at and saying, um, what are we going to do about this? Because again, Palat's still out. There's uh, what I like and okay. appreciate about what I've seen in this team, uh, is the fact that there are no passengers, none, no, not a single even, guy has been even my even Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastion have contributed. They've been really good penalty killers, like yeah. game changing penalty killers. They were, they've been a solid fourth line now that Miles Wood is back with them in the past couple games. You know, yeah, you're only going to play him 10 minutes or so, um, but that's fine. That's what you want mm-hmm. from a fourth line. You don't want to be like the Islanders where you're turning to your quote unquote identity line when things aren't going right. You don't want to lean on a fourth line. You want to say, we just need you to take a couple shifts. Don't be a disaster and chip in here and there. And oh, don't take any stupid penalties. And for the most part, they've done that. Would accept it, of course. Well, yeah. but that's I'm, Miles Wood for That's you. just part of his game. Right, but get but let's touch a bit about Andrej Palatford because we got the bad news today mm-hmm. as of our recording. Uh, so Andrej Palat played over 20 minutes and played 27 minutes against Washington, and then he was held out of the lineup since then. He was placed on IR on Saturday, where Andreas Johnson, who has who did professionally report to Utica and has played well for Utica, mm-hmm. has been called up in his place. Uh, the evaluations were held yesterday and uh, this morning. Uh, because the Devils made this announcement uh, this afternoon, uh, this morning he had groin surgery and his timetable is still indeterminate. They still haven't yet. They have to uh, determine after the surgery, like, you know, what the you know rehab process is going to be. So it's still up in the air as far as whether or not Palat's going to be out for weeks or whether or not Palat's going to be out for months. Oh, God. Uh, and that's bad news, especially for a guy who's you know, six games into a six season contract. Yes. Uh, but, and, and somebody who actually was starting to catch on because he had three goals um, just, you know, in the game before the uh, Capitals game. So, I mean, it's like a guy that says, okay, he's starting to earn his money. You're starting to see, okay, I'm starting to see how he fits into things. And now he's on the shelf, mm-hmm. but, and, and it's never good to see a guy get hurt, but that's almost another 
factor of how scary the Devils are. They lost Andrzej Palat, Dan. They reinserted Fabian Zetterlund into the lineup, and, and Jesper Bokas has started to make some appearances. Um, and this team still keeps attacking the lights out of teams. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, they, they didn't take a step back. It's they, they don't miss a beat. It's four lines of offense. It's a flurry of devils, no matter the situation in game. It's losing, winning, tied. Mm-hmm. It's just a relentless barrage of devils. They're forechecking. They're attacking the zone. I mean, uh, who who can we not heap enough praise on? But John Marino, for example, who's oh, been on been for two fantastic. goals at five on five through nine games of a season. Insane. Averaging over 20 minutes per game, too. Like he's played, he, he drew the McKinnon matchup. He drew the Gaudreau matchup. He stole a puck from Gaudreau for a goal on Sunday. His one for one trade replacement is currently in the AHL. This yeah. is good. This is good GMing. This is very good. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's still early, but it's easily Fitzgerald's, you know, greatest trade so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hamilton has been utterly fantastic. You know, Damien Severson, a player who the Devils relied on a bit for offense and and coverage here and there, is now relegated to a third pairing. And it's like, wow, this defense is so much better. Ryan McGill has this uh, has this defensive unit humming here. Ryan Graves, after a couple contentious games at the beginning of the season, has righted the ship and looks solid next to Marino. Stegen tolerates every bit of the shutdown defenseman people were thinking he was becoming next to Hamilton. This defense statistically you can't ask for a better defense you literally can't yeah if you are you're asking too much of things you're asking for gold boats and platinum skies which are not real things um this defense is utterly wonderful and and the offense you know yeah hughes is just under a point per game he sure's just above a point per game and jesper brad is among league leaders in oh. scoring when's the last time we saw a devil in this spot this many games into a season Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oval Chuck, maybe Hall, Hall, true, yeah, and, and that's the crazy thing. We're talking right now. It's November first. You go to league leaders before Tuesday's games. There's exactly four players who have more points in the league than Jesper Bratt, and those players include Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, Leon Drysidel, and Artemi Panarin. Wow, that's good the group. company. Good company, and unfortunately for the Devils, they're about to see two of those players very, very soon. Um, as there, this is the one thing that the one criticism of you know the devil starts so far is because we've seen good Octobers from the Devils before. We've seen winning records in October before, only for things to fall apart in November. Mm-hmm. And the schedule gets much 
more compact and much more difficult in November, starting with this week, because they are on the road to Western Canada. And that's a tough trip. Just ask the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Carolina Hurricanes. They had their trips, and it was not an easy time going through Alberta. And even in Vancouver, who has now finally won two games, including a 5-1 beating of Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. you know, they finally got some wins underneath their sails. So, you know, maybe the fans will stop throwing jerseys on the ice and, you know, closed-door meetings won't keep happening for the Canucks. Well, right on time to see his uh, brothers and family, uh, Quinn Hughes returns from injury Mm -hmm. to face the Devils tonight as we record this episode. um, It's the Hughes Bowl. the Vancouver game. Again, a classic Hughes Bowl. Uh, we'll have one in New Jersey as well. People look forward to it every year, just like El Clasico. We all know what it's like. Right. But again, you know, Vancouver is arguably the easiest of the three teams this week, and it's not an easy game at all. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday, you're going to go to Edmonton, where Edmonton's had a good season, start of the season themselves. McDavid and Dreisaitl are literally two of the best players in the world, and they're still continuing to do so. They have a goaltending tandem who, with guys under the age of 35 for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. um edmonton is no joke and then you get calgary on saturday and here's a fun here's a hot take for you dan for the flames mm-hmm. the flames are almost playing a lot like the devils have been where Ooh. they're out attacking their opponents by wide margins not to the extremes that the devils are doing and for calgary their finishing has been actually worse their shooting percentage um as of this as of right now is like 7.3 percent. the devils are just a hair under eight percent so Calgary only has scored 14 goals at five on five, but they are doing everything possible to turn that around. And given how contentious Vanacek and Blackwood have been, you know, Calgary, I'm sure is looking at that game going, if we can get going here, you know, maybe, maybe we can, uh, you know, push things towards to right for us, just as the devils are going to try to look the same, look to do the same to Jacob Markstrom, or if they're lucky, Dan Vladar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a tough week. And then following that, Dan, you get Calgary again, at home you're hosting which is a weird like home and home thing that they're doing it's even weirder because calgary plays the night before in long island so So the devils will have a rest advantage so they should really do their best on the eighth they get ottawa and arizona on the 10th and 12th and you know those are trap games in a sense like you know ottawa's like detroit like um san jose like um you know anaheim and philadelphia these are teams that you expect the devils to beat if they're going to be a you know, compete for the playoffs, but mm-hmm. Ottawa is certainly not a pushover and Arizona, you know, if you look past them, they will embarrass you just ask the Columbus blue jackets. <laughs> um, and then you get to go on the road again through Montreal, through Toronto, who probably will be very angry about how their season has been going. And then you go back to Ottawa, like that's nine games within the first 19 days. And then you get a four game and six week, uh, six days special around Thanksgiving where you host Edmonton, you host Toronto, you eat a turkey, you visit Buffalo, and then you host the Capitals again. Like, the next four weeks, starting with tonight's game, is really going to really show, okay, are these Devils for real? But so far, every sign points to, yeah, this team's for real, and it's going to be really, really good. So Yeah, that's the thing. We've talked about it all episode. Is this team for real is a common question we ask ourselves, and you're right that the indicators this year are saying yes for now. And again, we mentioned there's so many reasons it can get even better, but you have to acknowledge that there's a lot that is going really right this year compared to all the other years before. So absolutely, things will balance out. It, it'll be unlikely that absolutely everything goes right. Pilat is healthy in time. All this other stuff uh, hits at the same moment. Other it, injuries don't happen either. That's been another key factor. Yeah, it's that's only true. been Pilat and 
a slight upper body injury to Blackwood, but he just missed the practice. But it does speak to the depth that they're able to get the results now at this point without all the things operating fully functionally. That a- speaks to where they're at. Absolutely. And it's it is to their benefit that the Devils bank as many points as they can, because as we've seen uh, last season, we've seen in the season, bef- the last full season beforehand in 2019-20, and e- even in 2017-18, where the Devils were hot and then they nearly lost the playoffs, but, you know, they had all those banked up points to have a cushion to work with. Um, it is very hard to catch up in this league once you start falling behind teams. Mm-hmm. Like you look at a team like Columbus right now. They're three and seven as of this recording. They're three, they're just three points behind Pittsburgh and ultimately just seven points behind um, Carolina, who's in first at the moment. But it's not enough for your team to start winning games. You need everybody ahead of you to start losing. And that's the hard proposition to get, especially yeah. that games can become three pointers. Um, it seems like every metropolitan game has been won. Oh, exactly. Like there's, again, there, there's, <laughs> there's a whopping four point difference right now between Pittsburgh and Carolina. Like, you know, the Devils were briefly in first place after beating Columbus. And as again, now Carolina won a game. So they're back in first. The Devils have as many points as our hated rivals. Uh, Philadelphia is still in the mix. But that's the point I'm trying to make here is that I hope the Devils are able to get good results now. So if or when they start running into injury bumps or if and when they hit a slump or if and mm-hmm. when they just lose a couple games, it's not going to be like, oh, my goodness, that was the playoffs or we got to get we got to start panicking. We got to start chanting for the coach to the GM to be fired. Um, it's like, OK, build yourself up a cushion, you know, build yourself, you know, recollect yourself to um, just do better the next time. And that's in a way why I was really happy with how well they played in Detroit after that loss to Washington, because mm-hmm. that could have easily been another, you know, sad sack loss to Detroit, especially since Detroit did score first in that game. Yeah. Um, so credit to the Devils for being mentally tougher than they have been in the past two seasons and uh, credit to them for doing as well as they have been so far. If they're able to come out of this road trip with a winning record, you know, they win two out of two out of three, they get four points the hard way, whatever the case may be. And if they can sneak a win over a tired Calgary team on the eighth, you know, if they go into that second road trip with a similar record that they have now, yeah, you can start being a lot more confident that this is a legitimately good hockey team for a change. Mm-hmm. Well, so what can you attribute this to most of all? I mean, the new personnel help, uh, the lack of injury so far, uh, not to jinx anything, have helped, certainly. The fact that right. goaltenders can't be as bad as they were last season definitely helps. Mm, they're, they're making an effort statistically. But I will, say, sure. Van- I will say that Vanacek and Blackwood have played very well during the years, the, their respective winning streaks. Yes. Like, they were not scrubs. And the fact of the matter is, if you're only giving up 20 shots per 60 minutes... Anytime you give up a goal, your save percentage is going to be hit harder. That, that mental toughness from period to period, from game to game, though, for that, it's the coaching folks. It is what yep. changed. It is the assistant coaching staff that changed all around Lindy Ruff. Uh, mm-hmm. That is the key difference. I mean, we talked about the, some of the most important moves the Devils made in the offseason. We can easily maintain that it's still hiring Andrew Brunette. Seems and obvious McGill. now. Like those- Oh yeah, the defense. Yeah, if McGill's in charge of the defense and the penalty kill, which both of which are, you know, Stellar. sensational right now. Yeah, yeah, you got to give you got to give credit to McGill, and the power play. Even though the results haven't been as there, they've the Devils are going into tonight's game against Vancouver five for twenty six, 
but you look at the underlying numbers and they're creating tons of shots. You're seeing movement on the, on the power play. It's not, not just giving up shorthanded goals every time. So that no, helps. no. And more importantly, Dan, you know, they're not just looking for one or two shots. It's not just three guys passing the puck around. All five guys are involved in their power play, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a novel concept in Mark Recchi, I'm sure. Uh, but no, that power play is, is performing much better. And I'm sure Burnett has an input on how the team is performing. And credit to him for that. And most of all, credit to Lindy Ruff. You know, he could have easily put his foot down and said, I'm the head coach. It's going to be my way. We're going to do exactly how we did things last season. But whatever small adjustments and, and you know, nuanced uh, changes to how the Devils are approaching things um, have made a huge difference. And the proof is in the stats. You know, the, it's not just they're, they're six and three, Dan. They're creaming the teams on the shot count they're creaming teams in terms of attempts they're out chancing teams by huge margins like this they're is a six classic... and three with national attention I, I they're think six and three the with a great difference. process yes like everything that we have metric wise that's publicly available to us point says this is not some team that's just grinding out one game you know one goal wins by scoring a random goal off a tip or you know an own goal break or something you know fluky like that like the devils are you know, winning games because they're outplaying the other team by such a strong margin. And that credit has to go to the coaching staff. And that starts with Lindy Ruff. So that deserved to for win him. a meter is eclipsing 70% every single game, no matter the result. That's good process. Exactly. I mean, my, my misgivings about some of the deservedness involved because you know hockey is very much a deserves don't matter but point being if you see a metric like that that it takes into account a lot of advanced statistics um yeah and that's on the plus side of you know 50 every single game that's really good yeah and and in some weird way this is also why i'm really impressed by that colorado game because that was a game where the opposition did their best to keep the devils from just shooting, you know, 40 shots on net, you know, they didn't make Pavel Francouz have to be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, the devils, you know, gave up six penalties, which is a bad idea against any team, especially to Colorado of all teams at that time. Um, the devils held still found ways to hold their own and not just get run over by Colorado. They were able to quell Colorado's attack as much as they called the devil's attack. They got their one goal from a power play situation, a great shot by Jack Hughes. You know, the Devils were able to, you know, grind out a win in what was a very tightly checked, very strong defensive game, completely atypical of any of the other games the Devils have played so far, which tells me that, you know, if the Devils get into a defensive struggle with, say, Calgary, you know, it's not going to be an automatic loss. You know, if they go into... Montreal and Montreal's feeling it that night for whatever reason. And Martin St. Louis gets the, gets the boys to work extra hard on the boards or whatever through his magical motivational powers that is, uh, you know, tantalizing thighs. Um, you know, <laughs> well, he's got, they're the size of tree trunks, Dan. I'm yeah, sure yeah, you've yeah. seen the pictures. Um, tantalizing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how else you would describe him. Massive, I guess. Tree-like. Tree-like. Anyway. <laughs> The, the, the point is, is that if, 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 it, if Montreal, for example, is able to just get in the devil's heads and force them to, you know, play along the perimeter and have to work for every potential shooting opportunity, the devils can say, yeah, we can do that. We were able to do this against Colorado and get a win. We can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very good thing to have in your back pocket, because I'm going to be real with you, as great as the devil's been playing it's really, really hard to keep up this level of play for a very long time. Oh, it, it just it seems is. very unsustainable all around. 
Um, and again, the, the parts that'll balance out are the parts that we talked about, like the parts that still aren't clicking, that'll step up and the parts that are will simmer down to an extent once people kind of figure this out. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, even if they recede down a significant degree from where they are, they'll still be a pretty good team. Oh, absolutely. Like this is not going to be a team that's going to be, you know, going from the penthouse of a hot start to the outhouse of the rest of the regular season, mm -hmm. provided that the Devils are able to maintain these performances. And if they can, can do that over the next three, four weeks, you know, if they go into Thanksgiving, you know, drilling teams and dominating the run of play and, you know, they still have a winning record and, you know, guys like Jeff Merrick will say, or Elliot Friedman will say, well, you know, by Thanksgiving, if you're in a playoff position, you got an X number of X percent chance of making it. Then yeah, you, we can, we can say, okay, we can better enjoy what's happening. We don't have to worry about the bottom falling off because of a bad run here. Mm -hmm. We just have to make sure there's no bad run. Yep. And uh, hopefully they can avoid that. So we'll see how they perform in Western Canada. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of excitement around the team right now, both from a local and national perspective for myself, just speaking, you know, as a longtime fan who's seen the highs and the lows, uh, it's been a while since I've been this excited to watch individual Devils games, but they are just legitimately fun to watch. It's not that. Oh yeah, I'm even watching for the results. Like the, they're just like it's fun to watch them possess the puck. It's fun to watch them tilt the ice in their favor. I, that Islanders game was a joy. The Columbus oh, game yeah. was truly just fun for moment one. So, um, really just thankful that we get to actually enjoy these games and not have to slog through them for now, but hopefully they can keep up uh, maybe not necessarily this pace, but a pace that makes it fun, at least make it interesting. And so far, so good. Yep. So far it's job done, you know, good, good job bouncing up, bouncing back from a terrible start to the season of those first two games, you know, turning everything around and um, may the winning keep up, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not sitting here saying the devils have to win eight straight games or something, but you know, be nice. <laughs> you know, don't don't have a four game losing streak now that you won three straight. That's what I'm yeah. saying here. You know, don't you know, it doesn't have to be all swings and rounds about roundabouts. It's not a roller coaster here, guys. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just do do the best you can stay as healthy as you can and keep doing what you're doing because it's clearly working. Yep. All right. So I think that wraps up our show for today. Uh, thank you again for joining us and bearing with us. There's a lot going on in the, in the world, in the devil's world especially, but um, we always appreciate you listening, and we're just excited to get back to watching the team. So uh, wishing them luck tonight and on this road trip, and we'll be back with you uh, with the next episode in short order. All right. Let's go Devils. See you next Devils. time.